This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Number number two on this tremendous Thursday with Nick and Ken on the BetQL Network. We'll get back to Major League Baseball awards. We got to hit National League Rookie of the Year, which may not be like terribly interesting. American League Rookie of the Year, though. Extremely interesting. So we'll talk about both those award markets as we move along with Ken, myself, and the great Shake Hassan. K.A. Jake, famously, uh, Shake Hassan. Eight buckets still to come. We will try to finish off uh, eight buckets with the Kansas City Chiefs, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. Then uh, from eight buckets, we'll play nine guys, a.k.a. Immaculate Grid and the Dynasty Gridiron NFL Grid. Can't wait for that. All our bets coming up, final hour, power hour. Ryan Horvat from BetMGM tonight stops by in 20 minutes talking college football. Rick Camp, our You Better You Bet family member, stops by in 40 minutes talking NBA. We'll get some season win total thoughts from the great Rick Camp. Maybe we'll do some award markets as well in the NBA with Rick for next season. But joining us joining us right now, Tyler writes in her chat, Thick Camp, which is good. The chat's well, you- been great today. Would have to be two C's on Thick Camp. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Thick Camp. Thick. There we go. Tyler's got it right. Two C's. Yeah. Almost like it becomes one word. Thick Camp. Yeah. Thick Camp. <laughs> Joe it's like a rap so name, like TH apostrophe. Yeah. <laughs> Real name. No gimmicks. <laughs> like it sounds like a French last name. It's like, oh, uh, so so who so who's uh who's playing tonight for the Quebec Nordiques? Uh, Fr- Francois Thick Camp. <laughs> oh, the calm. Oh, the calm. Oh, okay. And then, uh, joining us right now. Then, guy. Yeah. Guy. Joining us right now to talk the National Football League. Um, the reason why I wanted to have him on, follow him on Twitter. I would encourage all our listeners and viewers to do the same. He joined us all through football season last year, had him on before the draft as well. Connor is on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Connor Allen will join us in just a second. Connor tweets throughout the entire offseason, like threads of his bets. And I saw this and I was like, man, this guy's got a lot going on right now. Absolutely love it. Got to get him on the show to talk about some of his stuff. It's always well thought out, well reasoned. So let's find out what Connor's got cooking right now. He does a great job for our friends at 4 for 4 and Betsburg's host of the Move the Lime NFL podcast. Connor, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Hope your summer's going great. How you doing? Good to have you back. Nick, Ken, it's great to be back on. I'm sure my summer is not going as well as, as you, Nick. I think you've been gallivanting through Europe, I believe, after your wedding. So congrats on that, and uh, it's exciting to come back on. A lot of, a lot of gallivanting. Been doing, been gallivanting, Nick? Doing a lot of gallivanting? My only, my only thought on the gallivanting is I'd like to do more of it. Yeah, not gallivanting enough, I guess is probably, probably how we're doing it. It's, it's yeah. never enough. <laughs> Connor, we were, uh, we were talking yesterday about um and you know we'll go over a lot of your bets obviously for season-long stuff we were talking about the the podcast the play callers which i'm not sure if you had a chance to listen to or whatever it's you know kyle shanahan and his kind of coaching tree right mcveigh mike mcdaniel matt lafleur the head coach of the packers um and i as i was listening to it i know it made me want to bet 
the Dolphins a little bit more, listening to Mike McDaniel. They get Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator. Might be primed for a big season. It actually made me like all those guys a lot and maybe think all their teams maybe could potentially be good. But with the Dolphins especially and, and a part of that coaching tree, it sounds like you might be in on the Dolphins a little bit here too. Any bets with them this year? Yeah, so I played them to win the AFC East at a little bit over plus 300. I think we're looking at plus 280 at this point. Uh, I mean, this with Tua on the field, they're in third in EPA per play, fifth in passing EPA, and sixth in points per game last year. Those categories obviously, you know, plummeted uh, with anyone else under center. But I really think that this Dolphins team has now enough potential defensively to make an impact here after bringing in Vic Sangio, who's a, a true difference maker, I think, a defensive coordinator. The Mike McDaniel, though, uh, to win coach of the year is another way that I'm further gaining exposure to get the high upside outcome here for the Miami Dolphins, because I think if they end up winning the division, McDaniel's certainly in, you know, in play to win coach of the year. You're getting that at 20 to one or better. So I think sprinkling both of those for a team of an offense that we've seen play extremely well. And then now a defense that I think should take another step forward uh, to this potentially high upside team. All right. That's your thought on the Miami Dolphins and head coach, Mike McDaniel, just, um, Continuing on with like the play callers theme, Ken mentioned that podcast from Jordan Rodriguez from The Athletic. Mike McDaniel, part of it, so too is Rams head coach Sean McVay. And Connor, you know, Ken and I have been talking about this throughout the offseason where it's a little sobering, right, to see a Rams team with McVay as the head coach. They still have Matthew Stafford, still have Cooper Cup, still have Aaron Donald be rated so poorly in the market. But I mean, the rest of the roster ain't that good. But Matthew Stafford looks like he's going to be under center, at least, at least until he gets hurt, or he's like, you know what, I'm good. And they put him on IR. And try to lose this season. But I'm um, assuming Stafford's going to be playing. And I guess that maybe that's your assumption here leading into this bet. Where are you at here on Matthew Stafford? I know you've got an interception prop that you like on the Rams starting quarterback. Yeah, it's interesting because there just aren't that many props offered for him. Because I think there's a lot of uncertainty regarding his health, regarding the longevity of how much he plays. Like you said, the, the, the roster outside of those three or four players that you named is, I mean, among the worst in the league. So it's basically relying on star players who are coming off multiple injuries here. But I like Matthew Stafford under 12 and a half interceptions kind of for that reason, because there's multiple outs here. He could play the whole season and play well and not throw 13 or more interceptions. He could also play less than the full season. And as long as he plays, uh, most depends on your sports, but as long as he starts week one or at least plays a snap, depending on the book, uh, you can win the under on 12 and a half interceptions that way as well. So there's multiple outs for something like that. I'm surprised it's even offered. I think there's a little bit of juice on the, the book there, but I, I like that under a good bit. Connor, speaking of interceptions, I know you have a bet on, on Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. I think he had that quote like, I'm not going to throw 10 interceptions this year. And then people said that was like taken out of context or whatever. Anyway, he says he's not going to throw a lot of picks. That seems like a pretty good strategy um, and something that he wasn't quite as good at last year. I had a bet on him to have the most interceptions in the league once it got late into the season. Um, obviously, you, you mentioned props, not many open on Matthew Stafford, but think the expectation is Dak Prescott's going to going to play every game. Uh, Kellen Moore is obviously not the OC anymore. Mike McCarthy going to call the plays. How about the Cowboys offense this year and Dak Prescott? Yeah, and I think that if you want to take the under on Dak's interceptions at 13 and a half, that's actually a fine look too. But I played under 4,000 passing yards and kind of on the same team. I don't really see them passing as much this year. And I know that that's a common narrative. And people, when you dig into the numbers though, they were 21st in pass rate over expectation last year with uh, with Kellen Moore at OC. They were also running a ton of plays. They were top five in plays per game the last four seasons with Kellen Moore, top 10 in no huddle rate each year. And now we're going to get to Mike McCarthy, who's basically said, I want to run the ball more. I want to keep the game slow, keep my defense off the field. And their defense is incredible. So they're really not going to be forced to throw the ball. They're not going to be forced in a lot of high-pressure games where they need to throw and come back. So I think the volume is going to take a massive, massive dip 
this season in terms of overall volume. So we have him projected for 3,800 passing yards. So my best bet with Dak is probably under 4,000 passing yards. But if you do want to play an under on the interceptions, I don't blame you either. You better, you bet. Here with Nick and Ken on a tremendous Thursday. We're talking National Football League futures bets with our friend Connor Allen from 4 for 4 and Betsperts. Connor is on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Connor, what about the New England Patriots in the news recently that Bill Belichick might be on the hot seat if the Patriots don't make the playoffs this year? Okay, he could hire it in one second by another team if he wanted to still coach. But Patriots not expected to be very good this year. Really tough conference. Impossible division, obviously. Win total of about seven and a half. Where do you come in on New England ahead of this season? Yeah, I kind of like the under here, and I think it's a combination of factors here. I think that the defense last year, their metrics look super good on paper. But when you, when you contextualize who they played against, it just makes a world of difference. And they played against eight games against either bottom-tier offenses or basically backup quarterbacks. In those games, they were essentially elite in every metric and category. In all the other games, they were 29th in EPA, 27th against the pass, like basically bottom five across the board. Now, some of those splits include some pretty tough opponents, but the point is this year they're going to be playing against a super hard strength of schedule. Uh, what we have is by far the toughest in the league according to opposing win totals. And so I think the defense is – Maybe not, uh, you know, terrible, but I don't think that they're nearly as good as they were last year, at least shown on paper. And the offense, I think, should take a step forward with Bill O'Brien, considering the upgrade and offensive coordinator. But I don't think that they're able to do many flexible things. I mean, they're still trying out, like, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Juju. It's not like they're flush with talent all of a sudden. Their offensive line is very much middle of the road as well. So, barring, like, a massive offensive jump, I think their defense takes another step back. And given the tough schedule here, I think it's going to be tough trading for the Patriots this season. Kind of the Patriots were obviously, you mentioned, you know, the lack of talent. They, they were kind of in the mix for DeAndre Hopkins. Kind of the rumor was that they had offered him a contract and Hopkins kind of spurns New England and ends up signing with the Tennessee Titans, which is funny because another team in the AFC, which is going to be a brutal conference this year, another team with a win total of seven and a half. So Hopkins kind of like turns down one team that may not make the playoffs this year, seven and a half win total to go to another team, Tennessee, uh, coached by a former Patriot with a seven and a half win total. What about that signing? Does that kind of do anything for you in terms of being a little bit more bullish on the Titans? Maybe you liked them anyway. Team that makes the playoffs all the time, barely missed the playoffs last season. I was that final week game against Jacksonville. Titans seven and a half. Now Hopkins on the team. It's going to be a prop conversation too. Any uh, any kind of reaction to that signing? Yeah, I, originally in the offseason, I played a little bit of under seven and a half wins. I just think that this team has a really slippery path early on in the season. They're, so they're underdogs in six straight games leading into their week seven bye currently. And so it, prior to the Hopkins signing, it was very easy to see a scenario where they're one and five, two and four. Maybe they make the transition over to their second round quarterback, Will Levis, that they just drafted, especially given the offensive line talent that they have currently. I mean, basically none. They're like bottom three by every offensive line guru's metrics. And so while they still have Derrick Henry, still Ryan Tannehill, Traylon Burks to take a step forward, I was a little bit concerned that maybe just halfway through the year they try out Will Levis, which obviously shifts the entire dynamic of the entire team. But now with the signing of DeAndre Hopkins, I think that's a little bit of signal that this team is almost certainly not going to cave at all. And even if they are, whatever, 2-4, and 1-5, and five, which is still certainly in play given their current roster construction, um, I think they're going to try and win out the rest of the season. And they do have some soft parts of their schedule in the second half there in their division, which I don't think is particularly strong. So for me, it's kind of a stay away at this point. And then the Hopkins signing though, I mean, the wind toll didn't move. They moved a half, like a half a point in a couple of spots. I think the Hopkins is washed stuff is overrated, but I also don't think that he's anywhere near what he was before. So it's kind of just uh, a very average move, but helps the Titans offense 
and passing game potentially avoid playing, you know, Kyle Phillips and Nick Westbrook Akine uh, more than anyone needs to see, which should be basically zero, to be honest. Yeah, we had Russ Tucker on the show yesterday, Odyssey Sports NFL Insider. Kind of said the same thing about the Titans' intentions and what the signing of DeAndre Hopkins might signal there. They're going to try and compete this year. They don't see this being like a down year and probably means Tannehill's going to play the vast majority of the season and not the second-round uh, draft pick from this year, Will Levis or you know, Malik Willis. Uh, let's talk about Jordan Love for a second here, uh, Connor. Um, I think this could go one of two ways with Jordan Love. I think Ken and I are both pretty bullish the Packers this year, where if Jordan Love's pretty good, I think the Packers are, are going to be really good. You want to go the other way here on Jordan Love? Because if we acknowledge that Love, and we don't know if he's going to be good or not, if he's got a theoretical high ceiling, then maybe the floor might be a little low. What, what do you think about Jordan Love? Yeah, so I just got done with my NFC North kind of deep dive here. And one thing that stood out to me, while I think that the Packers have a lot of great pieces in place, and that I do think that they're all, like you said, very live to win the division, the upside is high. The one thing I worry about with Jordan Love is his interception. So if coming into uh, the NFL, he threw 17 interceptions in 13 games in his final season in college, then came into the league in preseason, he's thrown a couple picks, and then in his 83 pass attempts, he's a 3.6 interception rate uh, so far, which kind of translates right now, if you give him like a full season of attempts to about 20 interceptions, uh, which obviously is very aggressive. And as we know, turnover margin is one of the biggest indicators of who wins a game, essentially, on a week-to-week basis. So that's where I get caught up on the downside. But, but specifically, I played Jordan Love does the most interceptions in the season at 13-1 to because a lot of the other guys that are at the top there are either you know, injury-prone or potentially getting benched. We know Jordan Love, even if he throws 15 picks, 16 picks, is probably not going to get benched. So even if he plays poorly, I think that – He'll, uh, you know, be in the running for this category here. But that being said, I think that you could literally play Paxton and NFC and Jordan Love that most interceptions because I think either outcome is very realistic. Connor, we got like a minute left, maybe 90 seconds. I want to ask you about the NFC South. It just, we, we did the Saints projection a couple of days ago and just had a really interesting conversation. You know, we always talk about vulnerable favorites on this show. Like, okay, you know, the Chiefs being favored to do something like win a division isn't really the same as another team because the Chiefs have done it before. We've seen it sort of like a, a, a rock solid type of pick, maybe a rock solid market that you don't want to bet into. The NFC South is supposed to be so bad. Saints are almost you know, even money to win the conference, a little better than even money to win the conference because they're trailed by Atlanta, who I think people are maybe a little high on, but have a lot of questions about uh, New or- uh, not New Orleans, uh, Carolina, who's starting the number one pick at quarterback, and then Tampa, which is Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield. Do you want to take shots at the Saints, maybe betting someone else to win that division? We have like a minute left. Yeah, I think this division is really tough for me. I almost think that the Saints – could be similar to like the Colts of last year where they're favored and everyone's like, well, I guess they're the best team in the division. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with them. But I think that they're definitely fragile. And so a team like the Falcons, I think could easily win the division. If their defense is able to take a step forward on a per, per play basis, they were like bottom three in most metrics, but we're just able to run the ball so well and keep the ball out of the opposing team's hands that it just didn't really matter too much. And I think they'll be able to execute more of the same, obviously some good defensive pieces there. I'm a lot lower on the Panthers. I think that the pieces they added for Bryce Young are unbelievably overrated. You know, Thielen, yards per hour run has declined in six straight seasons and has really struggled. And DJ Chark just runs, you know, basically straight. So uh, I have a lot of questions about this. I think if I had to take a shot, though, I'd be on the Falcons. Connor, awesome stuff, man. We appreciate you coming on the show. We want all our listeners and viewers to follow Connor on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Check him out, Betsbirds 4 for 4, and host of the Move the Line podcast with our buddy Ryan Noonan among others. My friend, sincerely appreciate it. Stay well, and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you guys having me on. We'll talk soon.
our pal Connor Allen joining us here on You Better, You Better. Ken writing in our chat, the Panthers offensive court. This is not your, your favorite thing now. Uh, part of the yeah. a branch of the, the play entry, uh, Thomas <laughs> Brown. Yeah, who get, he gets interviewed in a couple of the episodes, sort of like one of the next McVay guys, Shanahan guys. And they're D, and you know who their DC is? Uh, Avero from the Broncos. What, your guy from Denver's defense last year, the guy who masterminded like a top three defense in the league. It's going to be Carolina's DC this year. That's going to be great when the Saints come in last. I, I might bet it to happen. I can't. I'll bet him to come in third. Yeah. Well, Todd Bowles says hello. Uh, Ryan Horvod coming up next, giving us college football futures. On You Better You Bet. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network.